everybody. So we are here with the Hallmarkies podcast, and we are here to talk about the latest grouping of Hallmark movies. And I'm Rachel, and Amber's here with me to talk about these movies. Hi, everybody. Yeah, and so Merry Christmas to you. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and yeah, so we had three movies this weekend over the holidays, and we hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and uh, Christmas weekend. And uh, yeah, so what was your overall feel of this, this weekend films? Mostly I was like, I'm so grateful Rachel's tweeting. But um, <laughs> other than that, I, I thought they were fine. I wasn't in love with any of them, spoiler mm-hmm. alert. So All right. Um, yeah, I was actually really into particularly one of them I liked a lot. And uh, so, yeah, I got to do the tweeting this weekend, which was fun. And uh, so let's dive in. Talk about them. Okay, let's do it. One that we're going to talk about is Rocky Mountain Christmas. And this was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And it had a very different description in the preview. It was uh, was originally called Unbridled Love and involved all this jealousy and all this other stuff. And and, uh, yeah, it ended up being quite different. But... I actually really liked this movie a lot. I thought it was one of the best of the year of the season. And uh, so I'm really excited to talk about it. And the plot that they ended up coming up with is this woman named Sarah heads to her uncle's struggling ranch to escape uh, New York in the spotlight after a recent breakup. And her, her boyfriend left her for a celebrity, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was all over the news and she's really embarrassed and whatever. And so she goes to Colorado and uh, she's returning home for the first time since her aunt has passed away. And uh, she finds out that uh, the, uh, the local, the traditions that have been such a big part of her uh, aunt's life have been abandoned with Christmas tree lighting, particularly in this parade. And as she sort of, picking up the pieces and planning this parade, uh, she ends up meeting this uh, Hollywood movie star named Graham, who uh, is uh, trying to get, trying to be sort of undercover and learn, learn the, uh, his method acting for this part to be a ranch hand. And uh, of course, as Sarah and Graham interact, they, form this bond and everything like that. So it's a pretty standard story, but I always say with these movies, you either do something different or you have a standard and you execute it really well. Mm -hmm. And I, I really thought this was executed well. So let's start with the cast. I had Lindy Booth in Lee Plain Sarah, and she has been, I thought she was in the angel movie, but she's not the one I don't like. She's in one called sounds of Christmas from I think last year or 2015. And uh, then she's, yeah, that was last year. Yeah, last year. And then she's in one for a lifetime called The Twelve Trees of Christmas. And uh, yeah, what did you think of Lindy? Um, so I love Lindy Booth. She's amazing. Um, I have been a huge fan of hers. She was on the famous Jet Jackson on the Disney Channel back in the late 90s. Um, so I have loved her since then. And she's been in like various other shows that I've been watching and she's not in, and she's currently in a show on TV, TNT called the librarians, which is really Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love her a ton. 
She was so cute. I really liked her. I thought that she was, she kind of reminded me of Autumn Reeser. Yeah, she, she's really good. And, um, just another thing, if you're like a big Lindy Booth fan, you should watch October Road because she was in it and her name was Pizza Girl, even though she was like a main character. She was amazing. Is that like a series or a... It was a TV series, yes. Short-lived, but it was good. Cool. I haven't heard of that. All right. Yeah, so she plays this, you know, girl going back to the hometown, which we've seen a lot, but I thought that she was really warm and just lovely. I, I really liked her. It was and... kind of nice seeing them come back to the hometown either not on assignment for a job and also not in disgrace. Like right, she, yeah. <laughs> she was just like coming home. It wasn't even, it wasn't even ridiculous. It was yeah. like a normal reason to go home. She was just coming home for a vacation basically. The diner, I thought that, or that the woman at the diner, there was one confusing thing to me about this movie is I thought that she was a very strange character. Like there's this whole scene where at the beginning when they meet and they're just like, you're going to have to stop hugging or people will talk. Who's going to talk? What is going on here? Like, who cares if, like, two women are hugging? I thought that was such... I didn't I even I notice that. With I think Paige strange. was interesting because um, I wanted her to be, like, a love interest for her brother, but also she wasn't at all. It was very... She was just, just, just there character. as, like, a weird side character with no backstory. She was literally backstoryless. Yeah, and I don't... I don't care like you. I don't need every character to be fleshed out or whatever. But she was basically just there to provide exposition about the parade. That was her only role. But I just yeah, thought that line and, was and this so is the thing, odd. like, why is she so busy that she couldn't plan this parade? Uh, the parade seemed like it took zero effort aside from putting out flyers. And, like, <laughs> just spoiler alert, the parade does not equal decorating every street on the, in the town. Yeah. Why is that a job? Why? Why? Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But it was very bizarre. <laughs> well, and nobody, why, I mean, if you hadn't seen your friend in forever, of course you're going to hug. I thought that was so strange. This Christopher Paloa as this movie star. Mm -hmm. And he uh, was on The Hearts of Christmas, which I actually like that movie. That has Amelia Ullerup. And it does. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. And yeah. Yeah. And he's, um, I also really like him. He was in the show called Life Unexpected. And he uh, was like the main guy in it. And he was pretty great. And he's just been in other stuff too. Yeah. So I've, I came into this being a big fan of both of them. Mm -hmm. He, of course, was in Dater's Handbook with Meghan Markle. So, the future princess of Genovia. That's right. So he has the royal touch, evidently. Yeah, I mean, can you even imagine, okay, just imagine being him and seeing that announcement and going, you know, uh, I had to movie kiss that girl. Yeah. She's uh, marrying Prince Harry. Like, yeah. He not, said on Not Pullman. the fake prince of Bonsfonsvia. No, <laughs> prince of England. Yeah. Like, amazing. He said on Home and Family that I guess they finished shooting that movie like a month before uh, she met Harry. So, like, <laughs> they finished in February. I mean, he was this March. close to dating Prince Harry himself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Movie star that uh, wants to learn how to be a ranch hand. And they basically, like, make a deal and her, her uncle, played by Treat Williams, uh, is, you know, struggling to keep everything together and, and grieving and everything like that. And uh, so he's, and her brother uh, is, uh, is you know, could use the help. And so they agree 
so they agree to this and it's going to be like eight days i think they say or something like that and uh, so that's kind of the the setup and i loved her brother i thought that he was very attractive yeah <laughs> was more a big of fan. her brother her brother for more episodes of tv i guess <laughs> i don't know his name was chris mcnally and he was also in hearts of christmas which is he was yeah i guess he must have had a small part I don't remember him at all. And but you know, I remember had... the side characters, so. <laughs> he was also in a Gourmet Detective movie. But I. What? I... Yeah. Uh, I hate these sneaky ones that just like trick you into not noticing them. And then suddenly they were in like eight movies. Yeah. <laughs> but he, I just thought, was super attractive every time. And I love a man in a cowboy hat. So it's already like. Uh, <laughs> getting points for me but I don't know I just thought his dimples I just everything he was very attractive to me and uh so I I thought he was I liked him and then uh yeah so they're like getting to know each other and all this stuff and like the Treat Williams character Uncle Roy I think his name was but uh he you know he's struggling doesn't want to have Christmas in the house because it just reminded him of his wife uh I don't know what did you think of him so, I mean, at some point, I kind of hate the excuse that, like, oh, well, I'm grieving, so none of my motivation needs to make sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand him selling the place without talking to the niece and nephew at all about it before. I mean, I don't. Like, I just don't, especially since the nephew's literally there all the time. Yeah. And yeah, working the ranch. It just doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense to me that he would just bail out without consult talking to them at least like he doesn't have to consult them because he's the owner but like saying heads up i'm planning on selling it i think he thought that he was like doing them a favor or something and that they would feel like obligated to uh you know to be involved or whatever and so he was just going to do it and uh but i i did think there were some lovely moments with him i really enjoyed some of their conversations particularly when he's talking to graham uh, about his play, his uh, train ticket. I thought that was such a nice scene. I really liked it. It really was. It was super cute. But he kind of irritated me. Hmm. I liked it. I liked him. He was good for me. And uh, and I I know I just thought that was a really nice scene with him talking about how he he kept the 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 train ticket and all of him all these years yeah that was adorable agreed no like if you don't know that that's adorable then you don't know anything <laughs> first showed nicole who is his co-star in the movies yeah i thought oh no this is gonna be really annoying but to me i thought she was super cool i liked her and i thought that her and cody were really fun and i liked their story together yeah they she was she was nice um there wasn't really much of a story of her and Cody. There wasn't even really much of a hint of the story other than she helped him professionally, which is fine. Oh, I don't really? need I it, but I just, uh, I wanted more and I don't know. Hmm. I, I thought there was enough chemistry between the two of them. I could tell they were a couple and I, I would have liked for them to get like a, a final scene together. Like, I don't know, maybe a kiss or just a final scene. But I think it's kind of implied that they're going to be working on the movie together. And and uh, I definitely felt like they were a couple, for sure. This parade, and it, it is kind of funny because I do think that she she spent more time with him uh, 
planning the parade than teaching him how to be a ranch hand, <laughs> which was funny. Yeah, to me. and like the things when she was like, "Now you know how to be a ranch hand because you made a wreath." I was like, "This is not ranch hand job stuff." Yeah. There were I had a lot of problems with it that were like nitpicky, but which you know impeded my enjoyment of the movie. Okay, uh, but anyway, yeah, I I just I liked them together. I thought they had really good chemistry. I I I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, and I I liked uh, that it was really cold when they filmed this and. And the final scene, I thought, or the final sets of scenes, I thought were super strong uh, when it is just like raining cats and dogs. Like this is just r- like a lot of rain. And uh, and it was real rain. Yeah, uh, it was just, real rain. They were like, ah, can you even <laughs> imagine how cold that was? Yeah. I mean, obviously it wasn't literally freezing because then that would be snow. But it was rainy. Yeah. She said it was like, on Home and Family, she said it was really cold came together and me and I love when he like came up on the horse uh, oh my gosh I do have to say I loved his outfit at the end it was the best it was the best part of the whole movie and when he came up there on that horse I thought that was super great and and then I loved how he had set up this whole uh all these trees in the back yeah and he had bewitched mistletoe to hang magically from the tree oh i didn't even notice that but i i just thought i thought it was a really great ending thought it was really romantic i liked it and she decides to stay and work on the the farm and i don't know uh yeah i really liked it i actually uh i gave it four crowns i thought it was really solid but at number nine on my ranking for the year. Wow, that I really is liked high. it. I'm so surprised that you're so cold on it. I thought yeah, it was really good. I gave it 3.1 crowns, and uh, that's just it. It was just fine for me, basically. It was a little bit better because I really like them, but mm-hmm. overall, I was just sort of sitting through it. I didn't feel enchanted. Fair enough. Okay, on Sunday was Christmas Getaway. This is on the regular Hallmark, Ch- Hallmark Channel. This is a travel writer takes a Christmas vacation, but finds herself double booked with a widower, our favorite Hallmark man. That's right. Everybody's a widower. (laughs) His mother and his daughter at the holiday site. So this movie starred Bridget Regan, and she's been in one other Hallmark movie called The Magic Stocking. Uh, which I'd never heard of before. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so I knew going into, I'm notoriously terrible at telling whether people are pregnant or not. Like I have no idea, but I did know because she had been on home and family. Uh, <laughs> was it obvious to you? Cause you're much better. Um, it wasn't that like, she must not have been that far along mm-hmm. or not showing that much. Cause they didn't really have to do, yeah much to hide it they did a pretty good job i thought yeah and she is gorgeous i thought i thought she was very beautiful yeah she really is super beautiful mm-hmm. yeah it's a little hard to believe she would be so lovelorn but uh but yeah i i uh i liked i really liked the setup of this and the whole like almond thing i was totally into did you like that with the pudding with the pudding yeah i thought it was um, fun well first of all the little, i'm not a fan of rice pudding so initially I was like, well, you know what? I'd not be eating that. Oh, I um, love it. And I, I don't, I kind of felt bad for her boyfriend guy 
because he seemed decent. So I hope he gets his own Hallmark movie. <laughs> but um, I mean, if she was like, phew, like who's going to take that much stock in an almond in their food? But he was the one that like, I thought kind of overreacted more than her. Well, okay. So first of all, if she's so her. worried about getting the almond and she's like, oh, I mean, first of all, you can cheat about where you put the almond. Second of all, you don't have to have start, done the stupid almond thing to begin with, lady, for Pete's sake. Oh. And then she's like, and he, she's like, oh, 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 it's not me. Oh my goodness. I hate this guy. And he's like, um, we've been dating for like six months and this is not going to be anywhere in our future. So why should we keep going? And she's like, <laughs> good point. Bye. And he's yeah. like, okay, see ya. Which is fine. I felt like they were both okay with it ending. Yeah. But I just, I was I like. I thought it was cute. I think you take it too seriously. I liked the whole, like, I thought the almond thing was a fun concept. I mean, remember we talked to Nina about, like, having to come up with different desserts and stuff like that. And I could totally see that. I bet you they were just, like, searching for some kind of Christmas Christmas dessert. And uh, and I, I love rice pudding. I'm totally in the opposite with you. I love rice pudding. So, and I, and I totally knew about this tradition with the almond. So I, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. So she, I liked her boss in this. I thought her boss was super cool. Yes. And um, her boss was easily the best part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, she was really um, good. Her dialogue was, this is, so this is the thing about this movie. I'm sorry, we're just jumping into this part uh, without talking about the other people. But her boss, um, not even just her boss, they all had very real dialogue. And her boss's yeah. dialogue was someone who was like really witty and funny. And then... A lot of the other dialogue, because it was such realistic dialogue, was boring. Oh. Pretty much all of the dialogue when they were in love, I was like, okay, great. Because you know what's really boring in real life? Listening to other people talk about them being in love. <laughs> I didn't have any problem with the dialogue uh, being boring, actually, on this one. Um, I was just in a good mood. Um, but, but anyway, and so, yeah, her boss... Uh, sends her uh, to do a story on like the perfect Christmas and yeah, sends like, her to this cabin. Traditional American Christmas or yeah, something. Yeah. And uh, she ends up getting to this, the, the keys are stored at this candy shop owned by this guy named Hal. And that was pretty, I thought that was pretty funny because like he has this like idiot assistant who can't do anything and uh, at the candy shop. And so it keeps distracting him which is why he ended up in the situation of double booking the house. And evidently there's no other houses and whatever. And so, but first she, she gets the uh, key and then uh, we get Travis Van Winkle as this dad who the daughter wants to have the perfect Christmas. And he's our widower and uh, Travis Van Winkle. Uh, I didn't find any Hallmark movies that he's been in. Um, I don't, I didn't see that he was in any either. I know he was on Heart of Dixie for a little bit. Yes. Um, but he didn't, but I need to go back to Hal. Um, <laughs> I love that man. He seems like fun. the happiest, nicest person on earth. Um, and call me crazy, but I want him to be Santa in a movie. Yeah. It would be amazing. Sure. Why not? Make it happen. Hallmark <laughs> Santa. Make him Santa. This town, they have this whole like travel group. And so he was really into that. And uh, there's a lot of fun things with him. And <laughs> so she gets her 
keys first. So she checks in first to the house. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought it was hilarious. And she, she, he, when he's coming in, uh, she does this Krav Maga. There's this whole scene. I thought that was really funny. Okay. With the, I was just like, okay, how is that going to actually be useful? If that guy is serious, you're done for. And if that scares him off, you're probably fine to begin with. It made me, it made me mad. Oh, you take it all too seriously. I thought it was funny. And uh, so it made me laugh. And <laughs> uh, and I guess both of these actors are in the uh, the Lost Ship, which I guess is a TV show. A lot of people were saying they knew them. I never heard of it. But anyway. Well, I know that is a show, but I don't uh, I've never I seen don't it. Show. But anyway, so that's maybe why they had some chemistry because they worked together in the past. But um, so this little girl was really cute, I thought. Yes, she's adorable. And I believe this is her third Hallmark movie. Mm. So, I mean, she's a pro. Yeah, she get, they come to this forced agreement that they have to be together because there's no other places to stay and she can't get out and all this stuff. And so the one thing that confused me is they said there's three bedrooms. And so I didn't understand why she was sleeping on the couch. Well, so they said, uh, he was like, well, there's three bedrooms. And she said, well, your mom's coming. I don't want to like get settled and then move out when your mom comes. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Which was stupid. If there's a bed, stay in a bed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or like little girl, you can. I mean, he could share a bed with the little girl. Yeah, or her grandma could. Or yeah. chill out, guys. Not- <laughs> There's this other woman named Alice. Yeah. Uh, who he knows from school, and she she like orchestrates this not a date date thing, and uh, this nutcracker, and uh, yeah, there's this whole sort of thing, and I she and there's also a party at Alice's house. And all of that was kind of, uh, I didn't really care about her or about any of that. Uh, and so there's, there's all that, but then they, they, they have some cute moments. I thought like, yeah, she never had a s'more before. And uh, so they do a bunch of sort of activities and, uh, but then she, she's starting to sort of fall for him and she overhears him saying all this stuff to his mom about Alice, but she thinks it's about him. Which is not our favorite. We've talked about it before. The whole eavesdrop, dropping thing, like in um, coming home for Christmas, you know, when he overhears Kip. It's kind of yeah, a similar situation. Ridiculous. I mean, for Pete's sake, how often do you listen in on other people's conversations? <laughs> yeah. And who? And like, for Pete's sake, this guy—he whispers every other sentence that he has within the whole show. He whispers. When he's talking about his feelings, which uh-huh. is fine. I, I approve of people who whisper when they're, like, trying not to quit. <laughs> fine. <laughs> but, like, the only sentence he doesn't whisper, and he's like, yeah, and I super hate this woman. And then she's like, I'm the woman he hates. It's just so funny. Yeah. I just, whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway, and so I did, like, so she is, she kind of freaks out, and she's leaving, and uh, she's talking to her boss, and the boss says, uh, you did the whole subtextual, I like you with your eyes, but you never actually put yourself out there by telling him how you feel or kissing him. That's like, you're, yeah. you're very smart. Uh, you're good. I just made this cute little video, the best Christmas 
ever. And I, I was pretty proud of myself because I, because we had complained last week about the bad intro cards. And so I tweeted out a picture of the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the intro card to the Katie's video. And I wrote, that I'm pretty sure Katie has been doing the intro credits for all the Hallmark movies this season. It was so <laughs> funny. I saw you tweet that, and then I watched it, and I died when it came up. Yeah. And then I rewound to watch it again, and it was so funny. Yeah, which, because it really was. It's <laughs> literally the font they used for Miss Christmas. The same person who did the Miss Christmas title card yeah. literally did this video. With yeah. the same monotypes Corsiva. <laughs> yeah and so it was really funny to me and I uh <laughs> and what was funny to me is that Hallmark actually Hallmark channel actually retweeted that because a lot of times they'll like kind of silly tweets like that but they actually retweeted it and Holly Robinson Pete also retweeted it which was <laughs> but like what are they like do they know that that means that the title cards are literally done by like a seven-year-old a seven-year-old could do this with <laughs> like, a tablet a seven-year-old with a tablet it was so funny to me they have a sense of humor i guess there you go or they didn't get it they didn't get it i don't know but uh they and then so they end up her car gets stalled he ends up coming and i liked the scene in the car i thought it was really fun and there's like there's several like really epic almost kisses in this movie and there was a really good one. Like, I ne they've never had one where it got stopped by a snowplow. I thought that was good. And then they just, like, go for it. And I liked that. And, uh, and then they have this final scene with them eating the, the rice pudding and then both getting almonds, which I thought was super cute. Which, okay, what? So she uh, laced the thing with tons of almonds? I just, whatever. I hate it. <laughs> Aww. Um, I thought it was cute. And so I, I really enjoyed this one. It's not like my favorite. Maybe I'm just over, over praising it, but like, I thought it was really cute. And so I gave this film three and a half crowns. I didn't like it quite as much as Rocky Mountain, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I also gave this film three and a half crowns. What? I did. Seemed like you hated it. No, I didn't. It was like a little boring, but the parts that were, it was nice. Huh, okay. And it was nice, and the little girl was charming, and they did fun things, but like, I don't like rice pudding, and I think the almond thing, putting so much stock in it is dumb. But like, when they were both in on it, and they were like, ee hee hee, we're gonna get married, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I've now seen 70 Hallmark movies. And uh, so I ranked Christmas Getaway at uh i ranked christmas getaway at number 27 i have it just after christmas at holly lodge and before mistletoe inn okay i can accept that all right fair enough okay so let's talk about when calls the heart <laughs> calls the heart their christmas or year-end special has become kind of tradition uh, in Hallmark, and so the Hardys were very excited for this day to come. Probably more excited for the When Calls Heart special than for Christmas Day itself. Would you agree? Uh, I would guarantee you there's at least 30% of the people who were like, okay, family, get out of my house. I need to watch When Calls the Heart. Yeah, right. 
So, yeah. So, if you recall, you can listen to our previous two podcasts where we covered seasons one through four, and I'll put links down in the description section if you want to check those out. Uh, where would you say, going into the season, you're sort of at, at these seasons, or what did you think? I think you gave them, like, two and a half crowns? Something. I don't know. Basically, in summation of all my comments, future, past, and present, uh, I love Henry Gowan. I love Rosemary and Lee. Some of the kids are cute. The rest of the show's boring. Yeah. So I also, it's not my favorite show. I struggled with it. I think it's particularly a bad show to binge watch. I think it's hopefully a better show to watch in smaller batches. We went to this and we have liked the Christmas specials, correct? Yes, they are usually much better than the actual series. And I'll tell you why. Because there's, a, there's something that happens and it's interesting and it's fun. Yeah. What was particularly frustrating to me in the f- first season was just this romance between Jack and Elizabeth is so slow that like, it tested my patience. I mean, it takes them a whole season just to kiss. And, uh, and then, like, it's just, everything is just so drawn out. But we love Leland and Rosemary. Yeah, Leland and Rosemary are the best. And look at their relationship, moving at a regular human pace, not like a glacier. Yeah, exactly. Is that nobody understands or understood that Henry Gowan was the best part of the first few seasons. And... They just didn't get it. And I think people are starting to realize, like, oh, yeah, Henry Gowan's awesome. But that's just because they're trying – they're like, oh, now he's had his – he's working on his redemption, redemption arc. And because he's a flawed character, and we know he's flawed, and he's working on it, or he's not working on it. So we care about what happens. I feel like he can be flawed in really gimmicky ways, though, that aren't, aren't that entertaining for me. I know that you tend to like those kind of sort of the wrong guy type characters more than I do. But uh, I don't know. Like, it – I didn't love him as much as you did, but he's fine. I don't hate him. It's called The Wishing Tree, and there's this whole conceit of this book that Elizabeth has that has this tale of the wishing tree, and you put your wish on the wishing tree, and then somebody else takes your wish and tries to make your wish, and I thought it was cute. It was a cute concept. I didn't think they focused on it quite enough, uh, but... I like they focused a lot more on the parade I thought and doing this um crib but I it was cute I liked it yeah um and I just want to say that I agree with you about the wishing tree being basically not even really a big deal um because they could have just talked to each other because it's not like any of the wishes were anonymous or secret or the person helping them was anonymous or secret so they could have just been like oh, I want a crib for my brother. And they were like, we'll get you a crib for your brother. Boom. Chakalaka. Well, at the end, there's this whole montage of different people giving each other their gifts. And it's, it was like kind of the, the frontier equivalent of like a white elephant, you know, gift is what it ended up coming becoming. But I was like, I wish we had seen more of those stories instead of really only the wish of the crib. And <laughs> I... Which was fine. I thought it was cute enough. I, I mean, I think it's a little weird that, like, hope can make a baby stay alive, but but okay. And it's Christmas. <laughs> Whatever. And so, anyway, you have this wishing tree. And I did think a very effective scene, in my opinion. Very well done and very, like, effective for the fans uh, was 
Elizabeth is putting on her wish. She puts the wish on and she's like, I thought it was very effective. She puts the wish on and she's like, uh, Jack, come back to me or whatever. I can't remember what she said. But she puts the wish on and he's literally standing right behind her and he'll get your wish this Christmas or something like that. And I thought that was very swoon worthy and very well done. And I could just picture all the Hardys being like, <sighs> fun fact startled me and I was scared. I was like, oh, oh it's Jack. It's fine. If the man ever comes up behind me. He's getting hit in the face on accident. <laughs> Yeah, I guess in reality I can see that, but as a as a romantic fantasy, I thought it was really effective. But I I didn't apparently I probably should have seen it in trailers or something. So I'm sure they showed us that in trailers, but I didn't necessarily expect him to show up right then. No, I didn't. Popping out at her, and it literally startled me. I had a little bit of a jump. I was like, oh oh oh, it's Jack. I thought it was I thought it was a a really fun romantic something you'd read in like a romance novel or whatever. Elizabeth, I'm here. I thought it was good. I liked it. Have Leyland and Rosemary, and Rosemary is is trying to help with the wishing tree and the parade and everything. And and Leyland has decided he's going to take a week off. He's just going to have a staycation. He can handle it for like thirty minutes. The staycation, it, it's driving him crazy. And so he's got to he's got to be working. He's got to be doing something. Yeah, it's funny. Um... Everything about Lee and Rosemary, every scene with them is delightful. They're the best. Um, even the side characters who are associated with them are better than the other characters who are associated with the other people. Um, they, I would watch a show that was only them, and I would love 100% of it. I've never noticed that they try to make someone else be in charge, and then it goes terribly, and then Rosemary's like, huzzah, I've saved the day by being the best. Because you know why? It happens. Yeah. It made me so mad. And, <laughs> and remember when Elizabeth was like, you wouldn't do not like it if there were just only one big star in the sky? And I'm like, you mean daytime? It made me so <laughs> Yeah, That's literally what one big star in the sky is. Day. Yeah. Rosemary is the sun. <laughs> it made me so mad. Oh. I never thought of that. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so happy at the end when Rosemary was looking at the stars and she was like, you know, some stars do shine brighter than others and that's okay. And I was like, darn right it is, Rosemary. Don't you <laughs> dim your starlight so other people can shine. No, yeah. you just be you, be happy and get things done. <laughs> well, she kind of does in the end. She kind of ends up usually not listening to them very Good, well. Because you know why? If we, if she listened to all those other people, you know who Rosemary would be? That Aaron Cracker when she's like, uh, she 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 gets the wish off of the wishing tree and she reads that oh this this kid wants a, a crib for his baby brother yet to be born and uh, the way that she's like oh this, like this is so sweet like her face I think she does that kind of like cute enthusiasm I think pretty well. Um yeah she I it's fine like I'm not really a big fan of her like. Like the intro, they started having her be like writing in her journal or whatever. The intro and outro, I I'm not, I wish they hadn't started that with her like all of a sudden wanting to become a writer or something. I yeah. don't really like. I that. mean, 
Okay, let's talk about the Vampire Diaries, how they started doing that, and then very quickly, early on in the show, they were like, this is the worst part of the show, we should stop doing it. Uh Take a note from the Vampire Diaries. (laughs) Stop having that exist. Nobody cares about Elizabeth's internal monologue. If we don't know how Elizabeth feels about things from watching the show, you're doing something wrong. Well, that's a great Because we should already know how the main character feels about things. Yeah. Well, that's a gripe I have about a lot of shows, actually. Like, there are so many shows where it's like, they have to tell us how to feel. Even, like, comedies, like A Modern Family or whatever. It's like, I don't need your little, like, intro and outro uh, for, or usually it's just an outro. Even the Goldbergs that I love, they have that. You know, it's like, I don't need it. Like, I don't understand this trend. She starts on this thing to make this crib. Uh, and Jack is around so Jack can help build the crib. And there was a lot of PDA between uh, Jack and Elizabeth. <laughs> and obviously that is not historically accurate. Okay. There's no so, way. Like, so I have been complaining about her having her hair down the whole time because that would have meant that she was basically a prostitute because those were the only grown women who had their hair down. Uh-huh. And now I'm starting to say like, mm, guess her hair fits because if she was seen kissing a man in public ooh, there'd be talk and gossip i'm so mad about this and they should just get them married so i don't have to complain about this anymore agreed we should just get married and they even had like a lot of talk about like oh what are our kids gonna be like and when what were you gonna build a crib when when i have babies or whatever it's like slow the roll let's get the married thing down I would just think that she would be planning her wedding. That she would be, I mean, because she seems like she's kind of bored and stuff with Jack being gone. Like, and he's been gone for six months, supposedly. Like, I would think she would be, yeah, like, like, pretty absorbed. They should, she should be like, okay, I have everything set. If Jack ever comes by, we're getting married that day. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> she can Boom. have, like, the, uh, the, you know, like, they had those, like, old, like, Sears Roebuck or, like, uh, Wells Fargo or whatever catalogs and just looking through and getting all the stuff for her wedding. And, uh, and I mean, at the very least, at the very least, she should be knitting doilies. What about that dress shop that Rosemary was working at that I guess isn't around anymore? She could, <laughs> I guess that's gone. But anyway, yeah, I, I think it is a little, it was, I mean, I love me some kissing in a movie, but. Uh, but, uh, it was a little strange, but I mean, at this point we kind of entered just like full on romance novel, kind of campy romance novel territory. The following that we had kind of going on was Dr. Shepard played by Paul Green and, uh, the, this older woman who is kind of lost her Christmas spirit. <laughs> and can I just say, I ship it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but could you imagine if they decided to put Paul Green and that old lady together in like a relationship? I mean, they both have lost their spouses. Like, they're both available. It certainly, it would certainly be a wrinkle. Unexpected. Unexpected. It would be such a refreshing change. No one would have seen it coming. Little pushy, but it was cute enough for me. I thought it was cute. I like little Opal. She's adorable. Opal's adorable, and it was nice that we got to use those kids. Like, they picked the best kids, too, for the wagon, which are, like, all the kids who don't have speaking lines, basically. And And then Opal. And then Opal. They're my favorite kids. Um, So how she could say no to the wagon of adorable was beyond me. I mean, it would have cracked me, but 
<laughs> if I was in that town, honestly, and they came up to me and they were like, you must comply, you, we must assimilate you into our Christmas spirit. I would dig in. I would be so the Grinch about it. Like I would steal Christmas from them because I'd be so mad that they would just leave me alone. You'd take all the ornaments off the wishing tree. Yeah. I'd be like, bonfire of wishes. Like, I'm, a, I'm a Grinch, I guess. I don't know. But... I mean, I guess in this kind of thing, like I feel like it's kind of similar to sort of a romance novel that's just sort of sweet and like, I'm not like expecting realism from my when cost the heart, I guess. I thought it was sweet. I I thought this was actually, I enjoyed, I actually thought they had like kind of a cute little chemistry and yeah, he was pushy, but I don't know. It didn't bother me. I thought it was cute. No, it was fine. I promise. It's cute together. And when she came around, it was adorable and she baked him dinner. And I was like, obviously they're not going to fall in love, but how amazing would it be if they did? (laughs) Yeah. I liked, too, that she, like, her and Opal became friends at the end. That was really cute. How could you not be friends with Opal? I don't know. She's the most precious person on Earth. So cute. So then we start your favorite part of this this show was the Henry Gowan plot. Uh, So at first, Abigail is sending him scones that are very heavy, evidently, for whatever reason. Yeah, because she was like, here's actually a lead knife to escape. Because she believes in him. She believes there's good in him, in Henry Gowan. And I have to be honest, I cannot remember. I have no recollection of, like, what he did. And that all, uh, that whole plot line is, like, completely blank in my mind. I have no memory. Okay, so I feel like the reason why Henry Gowan is in trouble, the real reason why he's in trouble is he allegedly embezzled funds while he was mayor? Or, Something like that. I briefly. He, and then, and now some reason it's involving the railroad, like he was trying to cut deals with the railroad or something. And I have to say, what? I'm very confused. Also, I'm sorry. I'm super suspicious of the ex-mayor's $300. Like, I will die, you guys, if it turns out that the ex-mayor who died while he was a traveling salesman actually is the one who stole all the money. I will die. It'll be the best day of my life. So I can <laughs> so, hope that that works so that Henry can get out of jail. So that guy was the ex-mayor? That the, lady's husband? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. And then, and then Henry Gowan was like, uh, he kind of blackmailed him into quitting because I think he was taking money. All of the prisoners are having to stay in this like tent and it's very cold and everything. And so, so Abigail wants, even, wants to get... Gowan and have him be at the jail in town in Hope Valley because it's warm and whatever and he can do like community service and evidently has a very long set sentence and so Bill goes and gets Gowan has him in the prison and also at the same time you have Cody and you have uh, Becky that Becky is supposed to come back from school. And so basically uh, that's sort of our pieces with Gowan coming back and uh, he is doing all this community service and he and Abigail is trying to sort of uplift him, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's because they're secretly in love and neither of them will admit it. And they have been for years 
Um, and that's fine because mm -hmm. I've known the whole time. He's doing all of this community service uh, to help get ready for the uh, parade. And also, uh, cause there's like this float. And also the, this is the same place and the same thing that they're building this crib, the Jack and all of them building this crib. And so he basically finds out that Becky has been snowed in. She's not going to be able to come home for Christmas. And, and this is like devastating for Abigail. Like, I don't know how much she gets to see Becky, but evidently this is like a huge deal. And so he, he sneaks out. And I, I think, I don't know if this was supposed to be a reveal, but I called it right away. I'm like, oh, he's yeah. going to, they were Once like, again, oh, he's escaped. If you <laughs> don't know that he went to go get Becky, you don't deserve to be watching TV. So there's that whole plot. Like he brings Becky. Abigail is so happy, so grateful. And <clears throat> there's also, we forgot to mention that I never thought I would see product placement in One Calls the Heart. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was the funniest, the greatest showman. <laughs> I was... It was so good. Yeah, it was so funny. And I have to, I do enjoy the movie. I think critics are being a little harsh on it. I think it's a good movie. But uh, but that was hilarious. Like she tells all this stuff about P.T. Barnum and like her, she, she could like literally they do this long shot of like the greatest showman. That was really funny. <laughs> it was amazing. And I was totally fine with it because I'm excited about that movie. Yeah, it's a cute movie. Yeah. And Clara. Okay, it just makes me so mad that, like, Jesse has had zero public shame or condemnation, and he was literally the ex he was literally a criminal um, when he showed up into town. He was literally brought into town to make Frank, Pastor Frank, become a criminal again. Like, he, he steals money from people, too. And yet somehow everyone's just fine with him wandering around with his stupid long hair and Frank Henry Gowan's the, like the mis the worst man on earth. Am I the only person who also remembers that he was like acquitted of the first crime that they accused him of? So who? like Henry Gowan. Okay. Like he literally stood trial and they were like, Oh, uh, he's fine. They know better than the judge. Uh, I have no memory of that, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And, but yeah, so Jesse, like he basically, uh, is trying to get to, uh, earn money to buy Clara these gloves and he works for this lady who he finds this money underneath this dress, dresser set. And he's very tempted to take the money, but he does the honest thing. And he tells her about the money. Yeah, I know. But why are we acting like, I just, I can't deal with this. <laughs> like, we're supposed to, I know we're supposed to be proud of him for not stealing money. But should we be proud of someone for just being a normal person? And everything, that was cool. And uh, we have Jack and Elizabeth having dinner, their last final, like, Alone time together. together. in Elizabeth's house at night. Yes, true. And so she has made him this pillow <laughs> with uh, the, uh, what is it? The uh, love is patient. Love, love is, is kind, patient. Love is kind. From et cetera, Shakespeare. Et cetera. And, uh, and so he has his parents or grandparents, I can't remember, rings, wedding rings that she, he gives to her. That's not have, Shakespeare. That's First Corinthians. That's true. I was thinking of um, the... 
love is not love it's alters alteration yeah. fine anyway that's the only thing anyway and so uh so uh he has rings that also have love is patient love is kind on the rings and so they're like if that isn't proof we are supposed to be together I don't know what is. It's very romantic. Which, it was cute, how sweet. But also, no offense, but, like, it's literally probably the most patient English verse on love that people use in weddings and vows all the time. Yeah. Which, I'm not taking away but from pillows. how cute it was. Do you often see it on pillows? Uh, do I often see things embroidered on pillows? No, but back then it was like, like sending someone an emoji. Like, it's, embroidery was just like what you did, guy. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm, but I'm not, I'm not taking away from it. But like, it would have been more exciting if it was just some random obscure passage. But it also uh, makes sense. That I guess sort of cute. The, and they both gave each other the present at the same time. Yeah. So like, oh, how cute are they? So cute. Last scene kind of of the movie is that Jack finds out that there's been this road closure. There's this avalanche or whatever. I don't know. that, And, and they're saying to all the Mounties that uh, you have to stay where you're at. Don't go anywhere. And so his wish to stay with Elizabeth for Christmas is granted. And it's very, very exciting, very romantic. <laughs> yeah, and I do have to say, though, um, you've messed out my favorite part, the sweetest part of the whole thing, which was when Cody gave Abigail that um, their uh, pictures. Oh, yeah. And they included the picture of her other son, and it yeah. was so cute. That and was I knew really it was cute. coming the whole time that they showed us, and I knew it was going to fall down and be his son, but it was so cute. Yeah. I, it was adorable, and I knew it was coming, and, and the float thing was way more effective than I thought it was going to be, even though I knew it was coming. They nailed it. They nailed all of the Cody Abigail moments, so I was very pleased. I thought it was cute. I didn't think it was as good as the other specials that we've seen, uh, but I enjoyed it. And uh, so I gave the When Calls the Heart Wishing Tree movie, whatever, special, I gave it three crowns. Yeah. Um, so I also, there were moments that I liked and moments that were super boring and I wish I could fast forward through. Um, but overall, I ended up giving it three crowns as well yeah so i have it in my ranking i have it at 38 after sun sand and romance at 37 and the christmas train at 39 okay there you go and i did add uh this week i watched the two 2017 signed sale delivered movies which were a delight i particularly loved the for higher ground one where they get marita and norman get engaged that was so good. So, so that, now that Rachel is finally a postable, <laughs> we are going to officially get to do our signed still delivered yeah. special. So I'm very excited. Yeah, that would be really fun. I actually have the Far Higher Ground at 11. I really liked it. It was oh, so good. Oh, overall. Overall. I, I was like, you gave it an 11 crown? <laughs> <laughs> this weekend is the World New Year's Eve. And also a preview of Winterfest, because there's no rest for the Hallmarky. <laughs> there is none for the truly dedicated Hallmarky. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so, but there's only really one movie that we have to talk about next week. And so we're really excited. One of our favorite friends on Twitter, uh, her name is Malls, and she's going to be joining us. And we are going to be, all three of us are going to be giving our top 12 Christmas movies of this season. And uh, so we're going to be hashing it out, talking it out, and uh, it's going to be really fun next week. Yeah, so. you guys don't want to miss it. Just because Christmas is over doesn't mean Hallmarkies is. Yes, and we have uh, on our Twitter, uh, the pinned post is uh, is submit your top fives because I'm calculating them. I'm going to read off a bunch of them. So if you haven't already given us your top fives, please put it in there or just message us on Twitter, whatever you, you, you do. Send it to us, your top fives, and because uh, we want to get as many as we can. So it's just a lot of fun. We're excited. Uh, we also have the week after that, we're going to be uh, meeting with Ruth Hill, who's already been on our podcast once before, and we're going to be going over our top 12 period of the whole year, 2017. So that will be really fun. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of fun stuff coming up. Yeah, so it's going to be great, you guys. And <laughs> don't abandon us just because Hallmark Channel is abandoning us. <laughs> they, 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 they keep providing us with more entertainment but, uh, but there's, a, we get a little bit of a breather, which will be nice. And so, yeah, so make sure that you're following us on Instagram, on Twitter, on all our others. Uh, we are on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're everywhere. Make sure you're following us. We post daily on Instagram. We'll continue to do that as long as we have things to post about. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, where can people find you? As always, people can find me. I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter, and that's it. Awesome. And you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and at Rachel's Reviews on YouTube and iTunes. And I will be myself doing a lot of top 10 lists coming up. So on my channel and I have just uh, today for Christmas or just this week, I posted my ranking of 41 animated films that came out in 2017. So uh, I think you really like that. Check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and put in in the comment section or on Twitter or wherever, let us know what you think. We know many of you loved this special, loved these movies. Where are you at on them? And uh, yeah, let us know. All right. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye everybody.